You're listening to Pain to Power Podcast, a series of inspirational stories from world-class leaders and high achievers, where you will hear all about past traumas, hardships, and getting through the pain, fighting against all odds, dominating goals and dreams, and now impacting lives. I am your host, Kayla Cardona. This is the podcast that will have you realize your own vision of success, regardless of your circumstances, to unlock your potential. Welcome to Pain to Power. Let's go. So excited to welcome my next amazing and must I add extremely humble and sweet guest. As a kid, he suffered from a brain injury and a learning disability, not being able to read until he was 11 years old. That caused major struggles growing up, as you can only imagine. Through the hardships, he ended up going to jail when he was 20 years old, along with a criminal record. He got fed up and finally decided to turn his life around. At age 23, he owned his first oil field company as well as owned and operated several companies online. Today, he is now a high-performance business coach, marketing expert, first-form athlete, powerful speaker, and with almost 700,000 followers on Instagram alone. He inspires so many watching his phenomenal fitness and health journey. Please welcome Colin Main. I'm so excited to have you on my show. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. We finally uh, figured out a time that coincides with both of our busy schedules. So I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I said you're from Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm from like central northern Canada. Kind of, uh, kind of picture like the Texas of Canada, I suppose, but really far northern Canada. Okay. I have a best friend from Canada. I haven't been there yet. But okay. um, yeah, and so you just moved. To- so, okay. So I just want to start off really quick with where you were born where you're from, just um, the listeners can understand where you come from and where you grew up and all, all of that. We'll start from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. So I was born in, uh, I was actually born in Ontario, Canada, in like a super, super small town. Um, if you know who Avril Lavigne was, I was born with in the same super small town as her, and I went to middle school with her. Um, so, and then I moved to Alberta, Canada, or sorry, yeah, Alberta, Canada, but it was a really small town called Cold Lake. Um, it was a great place to grow up. It was like population, like seven to 9,000 people probably. Um, so it was a good small town place to uh, grow up and not get into too much trouble. But, um, yeah, I, uh, and then when, uh, when I was younger, I ended up, uh, having a traumatic brain injury. I got, uh, I got hit by a bicycle when I was a kid. Um, and the handlebars clipped my skull and ripped out a portion of my skull. So they had to, I have a soft spot in my head. That's uh, probably about the size of a baseball that uh, has no skull there. Mm. So in that process, um, I had to, <laughs> um, they, they removed a portion of my skull and then I had to wear a bicycle helmet because the, because um, I didn't have anything to protect my brain essentially. So I had to wear this helmet to protect my head while cartilage formed and it created, uh, created a protective barrier. So needless to say, when you're the kid that has to wear a bicycle helmet 24 seven for like three years, um, it doesn't do you any favors in making friends. Oh, how then, old were you? Uh, that happened when I was five. And then um, I think I was like five. Yeah, I was, that happened when I was five. And then I had to wear the helmet for like two years, probably two and a half years um, while that cartilage formed. And then there's a whole bunch of learning disabilities and stuff like that. Like I didn't, I wasn't able to read fully until like grade six, I think. 
I started kind of picking up reading and stuff like that. So um, it was quite the process to uh, to get through uh, when you're a kid. But um, yeah. I feel like with all those trials and tribulations and the difficulties that uh, presented themselves with that, it also aided in who I am as a person and allowed me to have a greater understanding that uh, what it's like to be on the other side, the not so cool popular kids or the, but not the normal people. So it right. uh, gives you a different appreciation. Right. No, totally. A hundred percent. So you, you went right into it. Um, so you got injured when you were five Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think you mentioned that and up until like you were 11, right? Is that where you're talking about sixth grade? Like you had a yeah. learning disability, not being able to read. Um, yeah, it was around like the age of 11 that I started picking up kind of more, I was getting better and I was able to have more cognitive function and stuff like that and, uh, read better and comprehend English and stuff like that. So how was that like? Like, I'm sure cause kids, I mean they're mean <laughs> they're <laughs> oh, yeah, so mean and I can um, only imagine like literally you're wearing a bicycle helmet for three years straight Be did they not have any other way to protect you like I don't understand why they want to have any other so something else you can wear from what I was told um uh there's two options and one was like I could have a metal plate put in um, but ultimately, my parents decided not to do that because um, I think they said that that would um, it might alter my personality and it might cause its own implications with like learning disabilities or, or something like that. So they chose not to do it. Um, and then as far as I know, I don't know, I just had to wear a bicycle helmet. So like I was known as the kid that wears the bicycle helmet like 24 seven in my hometown. And like I have a bunch of like a lot of my good friends or a couple of them I'm still like good friends with now. Like they'll still reference that I was the kid with the bicycle helmet and stuff. Oh my gosh! But uh, it's all good. But um, and it's and it's because you're missing a piece of your actual bone. And yeah, you so had like right it. here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, so that took three years. So, up to the point where it was healed and you're able to take off your helmet. Like, tell me about like what happened after that. Um, I don't remember too, too much. I just remember being like super frustrated that I used to have to do all these memory games and stuff like that. And these different, um, like almost like homework assignments to basically like learn basic memory and math and English and stuff like that to kind of catch me up to speed. I was doing it all the time with my, my mom, my dad. Um, but at the same time, I used to love, you ever play the, the card game memory, like where you flip and you have to match the cards and then you oh, draw yeah. all next up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, it's funny because I have a very good memory now with names, dates, numbers, and faces. So which has aided me success like a lot in business. So um, it's always funny that things that uh, you see as a hindrance or a trial or tribu tribulation when you're younger um, aids you in growth and development. So it's all yeah. it's all about how your perception is. Totally. So when you were going through that, because I can only imagine, like, like I said earlier, how mean the kids would possibly be to you what <laughs> I just want to give you a hug um what what lessons like do you remember you feeling and thinking what what moments did you have where you're like I never want to feel like this again and so therefore you picked up maybe possibly picked up like a behavior that 
now you see today, you're like, yeah, I got that from when I was going through those hardships as a child. Can you think of any of those moments or times? Oh, oh tons, tons, yeah. tons. Um, yeah, I just like, I know what it's like to be, uh, I guess, like almost ostracized or being the odd one out. So even like, so that happened in middle school. Um, so like grade five to like nine. And then uh, because I had like that learning disability, like I, I, I never had an interest in school because I was never good at it. So um, I would, I would constantly talk to people. I was like the kid in class that always got moved because I was talking to other people and stuff like that. So in grade uh, not no, sorry, grade eight, grade eight, um, which to this day, um, I work with a bunch of lawyers. I know that this is wildly illegal and there's probably like a, a settlement there. Um, the teachers couldn't take me anymore. They just, they just didn't like having me in the classroom. So they, what they did was they stuck me in a room. Uh, it was like a white room with like a bed and a TV in it. And I spent like four months in there. Um, they, they didn't let me learn anything. They just moved me out of, out of the classrooms into like this office. And uh, I would only get to come out for gym class. And then the whole day I would just sit there and I would watch, uh, and I would go to the library and I would get animal documentary movies because I was big into animals. So um, I didn't learn any, I didn't learn fuck all in grade eight. And then, uh, wait, so which wait, didn't, wait not to interrupt you did they take you out of the classes because you were talking or because it was hard for you to learn no no because i was talking too much i was like yeah oh. uh, and i was a nuisance to all the other kids like i was always talking i was the kid that was always talking and like passing notes and stuff like that so instead of like dealing with me they just removed me and threw me in like an office for like four months they didn't so, talk to your parents or like try to figure out hey what's going on no i feel like they did but i, I not to sound bad, but I think my mom gave him the go ahead to <laughs> maybe, maybe she like didn't know what they were doing or what their game plan was. But yeah. I just remember being like, I was like, this fucking sucks. Like, yeah, I was really, really frustrated. And uh, yeah, so that was in grade eight. And then in my hometown, we had the option to go to a different school, which was the high school. So that would have been nine, 10, 11, 12. Um, and then of course I did that the very next year. And when I went into the high school, I had no knowledge. I was like, I didn't learn anything. So um, I failed grade nine and which pissed me off even more because it was just very frustrating. So um, yeah, it took me. And then I remember like, that was kind of uh, almost like a mindset shift mindset shift because I wanted to graduate with all my friends. So in order for me to do that, I had to do summer school every summer or I could just cram in as much work as I could in the summer and try to get as much credits as possible. So um, I ended up doing that long story short throughout high school and uh, I ended up graduating on time with my friends, but like I barely graduated. I was just collecting credits basically. Like, and I remember um, for years I was like, Oh, I was just, I just was under the impression that I was dumb. I was like, Oh, like I'm, I did terrible at school and I wasn't a very successful student, but it wasn't until I was probably like 24 that, um, and then I started seeing success in like all my businesses and stuff like that. Um, that I was like, oh, it's not that I was a bad student. It's just, I, I'm not interested. Like you can't pay me enough money to be interested in something I'm not interested in learning. It's not that I'm dumb. I'm, I'm very intelligent if, if I'm interested in the topic and like I can educate myself, I'm self-educated. So um, up until that point, it was, uh, was kind of difficult. And I always remember being like, just kind of being upset with the standard school system that they don't cater to people that aren't interested in that one path of learning, which obviously mm -hmm. like the way I learn things is completely different than the average person just because I had to have different mechanisms to understand things and different, I would take a different route to understand something as opposed to somebody else. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's so true. I, um, it actually brings me back to this picture I've seen on social media. I don't know if you've seen it where it's like all these different animals are, are lined up sitting on a desk and there's a teacher and the teacher says, okay, to all the animals, you have like a giraffe, you have an elephant, you have a monkey, you have a fish and a tank bowl. They're like, okay, everyone go climb the tree. And then obviously the fish can't climb the tree, but because they have a certain system way of, of teaching kids, it's like, doesn't mean they're dumb. They just can't, there's kids that can't learn the way that you're teaching it, you know, but, but these kids are uh, conditioned to believe that they're not, they're just not smart enough when it's really, they yeah. learn a different way. And so, absolutely. Oh, and like I have my son and he's just like me. And he's more hands-on, visual, active. And so, you know, getting straight A's is like extremely difficult. And you nailed it when you said you can't focus on something you're not interested in. You know, um, I understand you 100%. That's exactly like, I'm the same way. Um, but it's, yeah, the whole educational system, I can go on and on about that. And I'm just, it's disappointing, but it is what it is. I mean, they haven't updated it in over a hundred years or no. I don't know how long it's been, but it's like they, it's like technology is growing. We're growing, we're evolving as humans and you can't update or, you know, uh, the, the educational system. So anyways, I feel you on that. Um, so let's go back a little bit back to, um, my other question. So what moments did you have growing up where you realized like, you you just it was a learning point for you that you knew brought you to where you are today um as an adult um i'm not sure like i'm i'm like there's there's a lot there's a lot of points in my life that uh i look back now and i reflect and stuff like that and i'm like oh that was a pivotal point in my life that was a pivotal point um i guess I was, my, my parents raised me in a certain way. Like I grew up, we had no money. We had, we didn't own a car. We didn't have cable. We didn't, um, I was raised by a single mom. So, um, uh, my dad was in the Canadian special forces. So he was, it'd be the equivalent to your guys' uh, Navy SEALs. Um, so he was always overseas doing different deployments and stuff like that. So he wasn't really around and my parents were separated. So I was raised by my mom and, um, I just remember being like, um, I like I never got in trouble which was like a good thing for me because I felt like I feel like if I was like punished and stuff like that um I would have pushed back and that would have been like way worse so my parents were really good at always explaining because I got into a lot of trouble when I was younger um my parents were really good at explaining like why it was wrong when I did certain things and I I'm really grateful for um the upbringing upbringing that I did have so like we didn't have much um I get asked this nonstop, probably like once a day. And people ask me what my biggest motivation is or what's my biggest, biggest motivational factor. The fact that I know that if I don't do the fucking work, I'm not going to get any of the rewards. That, that's plain and simple. Nobody's going to do anything for me. Nobody's going to hand me anything. Nobody's going to do the work for me. So if I'm not doing the fucking work, I'm not going to get any, I'm not going to receive any results. Right. And that's, that's my mindset. And that's pretty much what's, allow me to be successful in my, my businesses and stuff like that. So just having, uh, not having much handouts or much, uh, cards in my favor when I was growing up, I'm, I'm very grateful for. Yeah, no, totally. So what's your, um, 
relationship like now with your mom and dad? Oh yeah, it's great. Um, my mom's still back in my hometown. I don't go there as too, too often as I should. Um, just because when I go back there, it's like nobody really has a mindset of growing or progressing. So um, usually like a couple days back in my hometown is good enough for me. Um, so I go back, I'll see my mom, I'll be there for Christmas and stuff and, uh, got a great relationship with her. And my dad, my dad's like my best friend. He's even when I was a kid, he, uh, he was never like a, he was never really like a father. He was just like a super cool, cool, intelligent, older brother with a lot of experience. So, um, I would come to him with any problem. I would never get judged. There was never any rejection. Um, he'd just give me an answer, give me as best advice as possible. And it always made sense to me because my father thinks a lot like I do. So, um, yeah, I have a great relationship with my dad. He's, uh, back in Edmonton, which is where I'm from. So I see him quite often. That's awesome. Um, did they both remarry or are they still just separate? Uh, no, my mom, my mom remarried. Uh, she's got a new husband. He's awesome. I get along really well with him and my dad, uh, he didn't remarry, but he's been with his girlfriend for like 15 years. So, um, yeah. And, I got great relationships with both their significant others. So it's all good. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Okay. And I know you, you mentioned something about going to jail when you were 20. Yeah. <laughs> all um, right. Let's yeah, talk so, about what happened then. So when I was, uh, when I was in high school, I was like, I was smaller and uh, obviously having a learning disability, not being, I wasn't the best looking kid either. So there's, there's a lot of things that went against me. And uh, you weren't the best looking kid. Is that what you said? <laughs> no, I had like bad acne and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> I wasn't very good at like at school and whatnot. So, um, but at the same time, I never had anybody that I didn't get along with. I would hang out with the the handicapped kids, the goth kids, the popular kids, I would kind of get to hang out with popular kids because I was good at sports. So I kind of mm-hmm. like slid in under the radar with that. Um, but I was like, I never really had like one click that I hung out with. I was social to everybody. I got along well with everybody as long as they weren't an asshole. So um, that was something that I took. Uh, and to this day, like I'll never judge a book by their cover. As long as you're a good person, you, you treat me well, I'll treat you well. Like I don't care mm-hmm. if you're gay, straight, old, young, transgender, black, white, yellow, I don't care what you are. Um, so that was uh, something that kind of going through uh, what I went through when I was younger taught me to never really uh, judge somebody. And, um, but when I was uh, in high school, um, I, I, I used to fight a lot. Like I was, I, I don't know, I probably was in like, I, I snuck into the bars when I was like 13. Uh, the first naked woman I ever saw was at a strip club when I was 13. And, uh, and then, uh, but when I was doing that, I, um, I found out that I got into a fight when I was, uh, like 13, I beat up some like 22 year old or something like that at a bar. And I was like, Hey, I'm like, I'm pretty good at this. So I was like, well, if I can beat up adults, uh, I could probably definitely beat up kids my age. So, um, anytime I got picked on, I just, I would just fight them. And then kind of over process of time, I ended up developing like a reputation for being a better fighter in my hometown. Um, which ultimately led me into fighting in mixed martial arts, uh, MMA. But um, I think I had my first fight, and it was after my first fight. Um, I went out to a bar, and I, I want to say it was probably, uh, I think uh, it was like an after party for one of my fights. Or it was next weekend after, sorry. And then um, I was dating a girl at the time, and she was like 4'11 and like 100 pounds. And... Uh, a, f- a fight broke out in front of us. Uh, it had nothing to do with us. It was just two other guys. And uh, then a bouncer came to push me from the side and I went flying and I fell into her and then she put her arm 
like back to brace herself and she ended up breaking her arm. So she was bawling. She's crying. I'm picking her up. I got drinks spilt all over me. Um, and then I, I made sure she was okay. I turned around and the bouncer was like trying to grab me and like fight me. So I ended up fighting him and I ended up uh, like I broke his jaw. I broke, broke both of his orbital bones. So like his eye sockets. Uh, and then he got a bunch of stitches and lacerations. Um, but it was, it was super quick. It was only like 10 seconds. And then I grabbed my girlfriend. I, I jumped in a cabin when I took her to the hospital. I got her arm taken care of and stuff like that. So um, that was on Saturday night. And then Wednesday morning, the uh, police picked me up and they arrested me. And uh, long story short, it went, it took like a year to go through court. Um, and then I got a five-year criminal record. Um, it cost me like $60,000 in legal fees. I had to pay him like $10,000 for reputable damages. I wasn't allowed in any liquor establishments for two years. I had uh, probation for a year. I had to check in every Friday and I ended up having to spend uh, almost like a month in prison uh, doing weekends and stuff like that. So um, it was a very, uh, a very expensive learning lesson that, uh, and then after that, I kind of uh, reformed a little bit. So. Um, wow. Why, why do you think you got into fighting? Like, what do you think as a, as a 13 year old, what was going through your head? Like now, now with who you are today, obviously you've evolved, but what do you think went through your mind when you just decided, Hey, I'm just going to start hurt, hitting people like what are fighting people. I, I, and like, to be honest, it was never like me, like, uh, just wanting to fight like anybody. It was always mm -hmm. like in my hometown, there's, there's a lot of tough hockey fighters and stuff like that. So it was never like, it was never an animosity thing. It was just, yeah. I was good at it. And if somebody wanted to fight me, I'd fight them. But uh, looking back, I've done a lot of reflecting on it. it. I think it was, it gave me something that I was good at. It kind of distinguished me from anybody else um, oh. because I was never intelligent. I was like never super good at like, I was really good at hockey, I suppose. And then I was pretty good at football too. But um, I, I don't know. It just kind of became my identity. And um, I was always trying to add as much masculinity at the time I was a, a young kid so I didn't know who I was I was trying to figure out what I was like now like if somebody wants to fight me I'm like fuck this thing worth my time like mm. I'm gonna get into trouble obviously if I have to defend myself I will but um yeah looking back I, I like I think it just gave me um it gave me like an identity I suppose I like being known that I was a good fighter in my hometown and stuff like that so that's kind of a I think that's kind of the reason why it made me feel good I guess I suppose mm. but yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so, wow. I can't believe you got all of that for that one fight. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of what happened, so what, yeah, what happened was the bouncer that, uh, that I ended up fighting, his brother was a police officer. So the police charged me, which is significantly <sighs> worse than if he decided to charge me. And, uh, yeah. So that's, that's ultimately what happened. But at the same time, like, I'm very grateful that that, that happened because yeah. had that not happened, I, I was down the path to go to special forces and army route with, uh, just like my father that, that put a roadblock in that because I, at the time they weren't, um, allowing people with criminal records in the military, uh, in Canada. So that vetoed that I ended up going into the oil field and I, I was a welder in the oil field for like six years. I had my own welding company and stuff. And then, um, yeah, so it, uh, I'm very grateful for everything that has ever happened to me because it led me to where I am today, and it, it taught me a lot. Right. So um, talk about that. So I think you said 23 is when you 
decided to turn your life around and um, you, like you said, owned an oil company. Um, uh, talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I think it was like 23 or 24. I, I'll probably say like 24. Um, yeah, ultimately, uh, I'm somebody that's 100% all in in everything I do, relationships, business, personal development, anything. Um, so I ended up uh, meeting a girl and she was like, it's always a girl. And she was like 3,000, uh, she's about 3,000 miles away. So I ended up, and I had this idea that I, I started to see that there was a market via social media for, to, to monetize. So, and I was big into fitness uh, at the time. I had just previously gone through a uh, bad breakup and I've been cheated on and stuff like that. And I was making the proper steps that I needed this, this time uh, after relationships. So I was like, I'm not going to go and drink. I'm not going to do dumb stuff and have bad vices. I'm going to focus on my health and uh, work on my business and whatever it may be. So uh, I went a whole year with, I was, uh, I went a whole year being celibate and I just focused on personal development. I went to Tony Robbins seminars. I, I read and I was reflecting and journaling and um, doing everything that I could to add as much value in myself as possible. So in that year, I ended up meeting another girl and she lived across, on the opposite side of the country. So um, I just said, fuck it. And I, uh, I dumped one, I had two vehicles. I left one of my vehicles in a farmer's field, uh, packed up all my stuff in garbage bags, uh, shut down my oil field company, got in my truck, drove 3000 miles to be with her and got there. And, um, when I got there, <laughs> I had $1,100 in my bank account and it took me $800 in gas to get there. So I showed up with 300 bucks and I was like, all right, I need to, uh, fucking figure out how I'm going to make some money. Otherwise this chick's going to kick me out for being homeless. So uh, I started my first company and it did really well. And I grew and progressed that, uh, uh, that was my online training on my fitness company, which I still have. And now I have multiple trainers that work for me, but, wow. um, yeah, that's ultimately, uh, how I ended up over there. Oh my, that is, I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that so, what happened to you afterwards, but the fact that you, you, you just don't hear those stories anymore that, you know, guys just go and be like, I'm just going to make it happen. And especially 3000 miles away. So you were where, and she was where, uh, I was in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and she was uh, just outside of Toronto, Canada. So oh, oh, it's, it's okay. about uh, 3,800 kilometers away. So I guess it'd be like 2,800 miles. Okay. So you had your oil company, you left that. Is that what she said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then you went there and then you start, you yeah. got into fitness um, so, so what happened, so what happened then? Um, I, uh, Christina was her name. Great woman. Um, super sweet. Um, we ended up dating for like three and a half years, bought a house together and stuff like that. Um, then ultimately we just, we, we split up very amicably. Like we just had understood that we wanted different things. I was going one direction. She was going a different direction. Mm. So we split up, we still own our, our house together. It's a rental property. We're on great terms. Um, that was like four years ago we broke up, I think. Um, mm. And then uh, after that, I came back to Alberta. And then I was, um, and then I had started my second company, which was, um, I invested in an alcohol company that actually did really well and gave me some capital. And I bought out, or sorry, sold out. And then uh, I started a, a marketing company and I was doing marketing for um, anybody like BMW dealerships, um, Mercedes, doctor's office, mm. dental clinics, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So then I, I came back after like four years. Oh, okay. Uh, how old are you right now? I'm sorry. Uh, I just turned 31. 
Oh, okay. For some reason, I was thinking you were like 24 or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I just turned 31 last month, September 11th. Oh, oh two nice. months ago, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. 30, 31? I turn 31 next month. Oh. Oh, my God. No, it's, you're only as old as you feel. Yeah, I still feel like I'm 17. That's why I'm like... I, I, when people ask how old I am and I tell them, they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah, well, thanks. I'll take it. <laughs> but no. Um, yeah, no, I don't feel in my thirties. It's weird. Um, age is just a number. As long as you're over 18. <laughs> yeah, true. Or I say lo- over 21, but that's my opinion. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I guess in the States it's 21. Yeah. Oh, it's not, it's different in Canada. Oh yeah, it's only eighteen. Like we can go to the bars when you're eighteen and like, do everything. Yeah. Oh, that's great. How old do you have to be to drive? Uh, sixteen. Oh, okay. That's here at sixteen, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I think the driving's the same. Like you get like a learner's permit at like fourteen yeah. or fifteen, and then uh, you write the test when you're like sixteen. Oh my god. Uh, my son's turning thirteen next month, so I'm like oh. two more years. He's at that. He's gonna get into trouble. That's when I, the boys get no. into things. Mm-mm, not my son. He's a perfect, <laughs> perfect angel. <laughs> oh yeah, it's funny because um, I used to have this bedside table, and uh, I used to, for whatever reason, I wanted to get into two hundred bar fights um, before I was like eighteen. So I was at like one hundred and seventy-five. So I, I would notch in every bar fight, and for years, probably for like this wasn't until I was like twenty-eight. I came back home. My mom still had that bedside table. She had it in like the garage or something like that. And I saw it. I was like, oh, I'm like, you still have that bedside table. And I was, I think I was dating a girl. Yeah, I was dating a girl at the time. And I was like, oh, this is what I was. And I told her about this this table and like what I was doing. And uh, I know it was stupid. But anyways, so I was, I was telling her and my mom goes, oh, that's what that is. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, why? She's like, I thought that was like how many women you had slept with. I was oh. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> No, and like when I was in high school, I dated oh, like man. the same girl for like eight years. So oh, like man. I dated her from like thirteen to like twenty-one. So I was like, what? I'm like, I was dating Kareen for like ever. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I don't know. I just thought maybe that was how many times you had sex with like her or whatever. I was like, what? <laughs> like one? Why would I keep a track of that? <laughs> oh, that is so yeah. funny. So, um, yeah. Okay, so you started your fitness company. Um, and what, well, what got you into, into fitness? Like when you realized that that was something you really wanted to do? Um, I was always big into it. Like I started working out when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old, um, just for like hockey and football and, and stuff like that. So, um, and then when I was fighting in MMA, I was helping other fighters with their strength and conditioning. So, mm-hmm. I would, but except for MMA fighters have no money. So uh, I was <laughs> mostly doing it for free. And then, mm-hmm. uh, I, but I always enjoyed it. So then when I started utilizing social media and I was like, oh, I could just charge people. And um, that's kind of where I saw the business model for it. And I was like, oh, so then I got certified, and did all that jazz. And then I started marketing it and yeah, it grew and scale that business. Yeah. You have like, um, how many followers over 700,000 followers or did it go up yeah. from then? Yeah. How um, long did that no, take like- to build? Uh, well, I built it before the algorithm uh, became like back in the day. I'm sh- I don't know if you remember, like how long have you had Instagram for? Oh, I was like one of the last to get Instagram. Um, I think I got it about four years ago. 
Okay. Do you remember when like you would post and it would be in chronological order? Yeah. Well, yeah, but no, because I, I wasn't super into it. I didn't pay attention. I should have. Oh, okay. Now I look back and I'm like, I should have paid attention and got hopped on that real quick. But so don't feel bad. Like I, I missed the boat by like three years or Instagram yeah. had been around for like five years and I was like anti-social media. I, I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have Instagram. I had nothing until like 2014 probably. And, but then, um, but I did have it when it was in chronological order and it was so much easier because it was all, it was a hundred percent, hundred percent organic. All your followers right. saw all your posts, everything. So it was way easier to grow and right. you can do shout for shouts with other people and that would grow your page. I remember growing like, I was probably growing like 70,000 followers a month, um, like which was a substantial amount. But then when Instagram started implementing the algorithms, it completely fucked everything. And like, if you're mm. a guy, it's, if you're a guy and you're not like posting like super sexy and racy stuff, it's very difficult to uh, grow a social media following. So um, <laughs> it's, it's slowed down significantly. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, I grew up. I grew a majority of it probably to like 650,000 followers before the algorithm uh, came into effect and slowed everything down. Yeah. That is awesome. And then you're also a first form athlete. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, yeah. That's awesome. Oh. When did you, how did you get into that? Um, so I had known Andy for quite a while, actually. Um, like we had talked uh, on, well, actually, I shouldn't say I'd know him, but we'd always talked and stuff like that. And he had commented on my things and we would bullshit. And then I was in Dallas, uh, Texas uh, in March. And the girl that I was seeing in Dallas, she was speaking at an event. And then I went on to a Q&A panel afterwards. And um, Emily, Andy's wife, was uh, also one of the speakers. So we ended up, uh, she was talking to us and we were asking her questions and stuff like that. Just kind of chit-chatting. And then she's like, oh, are you guys sponsored by anybody? And I had just left with, um, I was with Bang Energy and uh, VPX before that. So mm -hmm. I was like, no, my contract was up. And I didn't want to resign. So I'm not with anybody. And the girl I was seeing at the time, she wasn't with anybody. So um, yeah, so she's like, oh, you guys, do you guys know about First Form? I was like, well, yeah, I know your husband. Like I've talked to him for years and, and stuff like that. So she's like, cool. It was right from there. It was a super easy transition. Um, and then we ended up signing uh, in like April, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was recent. Yeah, yeah. Andy's, now I've met pretty much a hoose. I've met everybody in the fitness industry. Andy's one of the most genuine and straightforward guys. And there's not a single bad thing I can say about the guy. He's a genius and he's a, he's a good fucking dude. So, um, yeah. yeah. I think I told you, um, Andy Frisella and Rachel Hollis were the two yeah. people that really brought me out, uh, helped me through with my breakthrough. Uh, so one day I want to meet, I will meet them and I will thank them. <laughs> oh, well, I met, I met Rachel actually in uh, Calgary. I think she was at a Tony Robbins event. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I got to uh, chat with her for a bit. She was a sweetheart and uh, you won't be disappointed when you do meet them. They're, they're amazing people. Yeah. I'm really excited. So you were talking about how that one time um, you got into like personal development, you decided to say celibate for a year. Um, mm -hmm. And so, so talk a little bit about like that and what made you change and like get involved with that and um and then up to like your point now like how did that help you yeah it was just honestly it was and i say this about everything in life whether it be business relationships everything once you start fitness everything once you start seeing results it becomes addictive and like i was just like wow the quality of my life's better my mindset's better like 
uh, everything's just better. So I've honestly became super, and I have a very, very highly addictive personality. That's why I've never done any recreational drugs because I know that I'd probably be giving hand jobs in the back alley for coke <laughs> or something like that if I did. So um, I know that, which is a good thing. If I find yeah. something that I really like and I see the value in it, I become like crazy addicted to it. Um, and then I is, which is what happened with uh, just adding as much value to myself as possible. So um, yeah, I started going to personal development seminars, reading, reflecting, doing anything I could to grow. I travel a ton. Um, I always submerge, my, submerge myself into different cultures. Um, my biggest belief in life is the more value you add to yourself, the more value you can give back to those. So if you can add more, more values, whether it be spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, financially, whatever it may be, um, that gives you more opportunity to give back to those around you. So um, I became super interested in it. Probably I dated a girl named Julie, um, who's like, I've told her this to the, the day I die, she completely changed my life. She just was one of the most beautiful and loving human beings on the planet. And it's always funny because anybody that's ever met her, like you just can't say a bad word about this girl. Like she's just the nicest person ever. So um, she actually helped me like a lot with just being more consciously aware of how I was thinking, how I was speaking, how I was acting. And uh, yeah, so after our, we, we broke up, we split up very amicably. She was just going down one path and I was going down another. Um, we're still good friends and stuff like that. But she uh, aided in my life a lot. So um, when you're able to see how much value and, and how much you can change and grow and progress, it becomes addictive. So um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, that is awesome. So up until... Um, when you got into fitness until now, now you're a motivational speaker and now that's awesome. And I see your content and, um, I just think that's amazing. When's your next event? Um, I'm supposed to speak at, um, what is it called? It's uh, I want to say it's, I think it's called full sale. It's one of the top media marketing uh, universities in the country. I think it's actually here. It's in Winterburn or something like that. It's just outside of Orlando, Florida. Um, I'm supposed to go speak to a bunch of marketing students in, uh, January. Yeah. January. I have to check my schedule. Um, but yeah, that'll be my next uh, speaking engagement. So that'll be fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I can't believe it's already almost been an hour. <laughs> okay. No worries there, love. I, I was um, yammering. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. But, um, I did ask um, my following if they had any questions for you. It was all about fitness. <laughs> That's fair. Like, right? it's, it's so weird because like, I don't ever really post about fitness. I guess I do, but like, yeah, like all my other businesses, like people will ask me like, oh, what do you do? And then I'm like, oh, I do this. I own some equity in that and this. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, I thought you were just personal trainer. I was like, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> so that's all good. That was bad, my, but... that was my first impression when, when we, when did I meet you? Well, virtually meet you. I don't know. Uh, probably, I guess, probably three months ago, two months ago. Yeah. And so, um, and I thought you're a personal trainer too. And then I started really getting to know you and I was like, he does way more than what I thought he does. <laughs> I, I don't know all the pictures with, you know, your shirt off and stuff like that. So it's probably. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I got multiple different Instagram accounts that I use for different businesses that I have. Well, you have so the two, the right? The yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have the two and then I have a, a business account. Like, so 
ultimately like what I have is I own real or sorry, I own equity in a real estate brokerage and a real estate sales team. So we have four sales agents under us. Um, and then, so that's one of the things that I do, one of the companies I own. And then I have the Fortitude 100, which is the high performance business coaching program. Um, then we also own the marketing company that we specialize in legal marketing, uh, for law firms and attorneys and stuff like that. And then I have my, uh, fitness company as well. And then some other, and then I have some equity and other investments and stuff like that with CBD companies and some real estate of my own. But, uh, yeah, that's ultimately what I do in a nutshell. Whoa. I, okay. Um, I knew that there was multiple things. I just wasn't sure um, what exactly what everything was. Okay. So you're way more than just a personal, personal trainer, right? Um, <laughs> no, that's how it started. And like, that's, that's pretty much like, and I, I just made a post about this, that um, I always say that uh, if, if you wait for all your ducks to be in a row, you're never going to cross the fucking street. Right. So I'm always keeping my, my mind open to any opportunity. It's actually funny because uh, what all my teachers told me was a negative trait when I was in high school for talking too much has aided in my success because I have a large network and I'm constantly getting business opportunities thrown at me through my network. And I'm somebody that's 100% all in. So if, I, if something makes sense to me, I'm, I'm going after it. So that's ultimately how I came to acquire the different companies and investments that I do have. Isn't that so awesome when you look back at like things that you were looked down upon or you got in trouble for, or you got punished for, you look back and you think, no wonder why I did or said this is because I'm this type of person and I'm this successful because of this is one of my characteristics or one of my traits. And I've, I've had a few moments of those to myself and I'm just like, it's just an amazing feeling. It's you just start, it starts making sense and you oh, start just, yeah. you continue to just learn more and more about yourself. So the biggest thing that I always tell people is to, and it's so easy for people to be like, Oh, just don't give a fuck about what other people think. But like, you honestly need to. And um, like growing up, like a friend of mine made a custom Jersey for me. And it says like in the name, it says like fucks given it says zero. And uh, my brother always makes fun of me because <clears throat> he's like, yeah, when like, like, I honestly just never cared. Even when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do and we'll see what happens. And then like, I would never really care about anybody else. And I made, I made a big post and my brother commented on it. And he's like, yeah, since Colin was like five years old, he honestly hasn't ever fucking cared about what other people think. So it's so important to just do what makes you happy. Go after what you want to go after and don't let anybody else influence you. And the biggest thing, and I, I talked with our business consulting is friends and family, that means the most to us. So when they tell us that like an idea or a dream or an aspiration is, is not feasible or not smart or not cool or, or whatever it may be, we take that the hardest. And like, even when I left my oil field job, like I was making good money. I was making over a couple hundred grand a year. And I just said, fuck it. And I went and started my, my first business where I had no money. So my parents, my mom, my dad, my brother, like nobody understood what I was doing. Nobody like, and it's not that they're hating on you or they want to see you succeed. It's just ultimately they don't understand your vision. So as long as you understand the vision and you know that you can be successful, that's all that matters. And like now my parents are very happy for my success and they, they support me fully. So, but it, like people need to understand it's not everybody's out to get you. People aren't always hating you. It's just a lot of times, people just don't have your perspective or they don't understand what your goal is or what your vision is. So my biggest thing is to just 
focus on what's going to make you happy and what you're passionate about and go after it. Very powerful. I love that. All right. I'm going to get into the, to the questions really quick. All right. Hit me with them. All right. Um, This says, tell me about a difficult client you've had and how were they able to overcome their personal struggles? I think that person was possibly talking about um, a client in fitness. I'm not sure what that meant. Um, They're all like relatively like, there's never really any like crazy struggles. Like they're all typically like relationships, mental barriers and stuff like that. Maybe imposter syndrome. Um, They're all different. I can't really think of one that like, I've never really had like a super crazy difficult client. Um, Typically it's just a lot of people coming back to it not believing in themselves or the biggest thing is people think when they go to the gym that other people are judging them at the gym. Nobody's fucking paying attention to you. They're all looking at themselves in the mirror. When I go to the the gym, I'm just looking at myself and I'm focused on myself just like everybody else is because you're at that gym. You're in that location to better yourself, to aid yourself. So nobody's judging the next guy over to the right. So um, that's just a common misconception from a lot of people. So, I guess that would probably, that's probably the biggest one. The most popular one that I get is people thinking that they're going to be judged at the gym or whatever it may be. Oh, wow. All right. Um, Should I do weight training first or cardio first? And what is the best way to get rid of belly fat? (laughs) Well, one, you don't get to target where you lose body fat from. So anybody that tells you like, oh, you can lose fat behind your triceps or your love handles or whatever, maybe it's, it's bullshit. You don't get to pick and choose where body fat comes off. Your body physiologically just burns or wherever it burns. Mm -hmm. Um, So to answer that question, and then I personally, I always do my cardio after my workouts um, because you've already burned a substantial amount of calories while working out and weight training. And then you're going to increase your heart rate and burn more, even more calories afterwards. Um, Mm. I don't think it really matters which one you do. That's just my personal preference. And that's typically what I have my clients do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, should children lift weights and does it stunt their growth? There are studies that show that. Um, but at the same time, like I lifted weights when I was like 11 years old. It's probably why I'm only like five, nine, who knows, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) but I guess it's up to you. It's up to your kid if they want to do it and you think it's a right idea as a parent. Um, there's no right or wrong answer, I suppose, but there are studies that show that, uh, it can potentially stunt growth. Hmm. I actually wonder that myself too, because, um, you know, my son, he, uh, he's in football and he wants to start lifting weights and I, I teach him stuff here and there. Um, but everyone around me is like, no, it will stunt his growth. You got to wait for him to, um, get older. He's turning 13. So I'm just like, wait, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm only five too. So. <laughs> it doesn't even apply to me. I'm like, I'm already done. I stopped growing when I was in eighth grade. So. Well, how, how tall is his father? Um, five, not tall, five, eight. Wow. <laughs> From what Maybe I remember. <laughs> well, he's probably not going to grow to be six feet tall. <laughs> no, probably not. But my dad's 5'11". My son right now, he's 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. He's 13, 5'5". Five, five. I don't know. Yeah. Let him let him do whatever he wants to do. If he wants to get into weight training, it's only going to aid him in football and sports and stuff. Yeah, so, that's very true. I would say don't put too much uh, thought into it. Yeah, true. Um, 
the, so those were the only like the top three because the other ones were weird. <laughs> they were like, "What's <laughs> your surprise sh- me?" <laughs> they were like, "What's your shoe size?" And I was like, "Shoe size? I, what? I don't understand." So, anyways, <laughs> I just skipped over those ones. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna start wrapping it up. I always do the last three questions. Absolutely. Uh, number one, what is the best advice you can tell the listeners who are going through their worst pain right now? Their worst pain. Uh, I've been through some of that myself. And the best thing that I can think of when I'm going through those difficult situations is those are the situations where you can reflect the most and understand the most about you and why you do the things you do and how you operate and where you can make improvements. Um, you're never going to fully, this is from my personal experience uh, or my personal opinion. I don't believe you're ever going to be able to understand as much about yourself as when you're in those situations. So those are the situations that although they do suck and like after bad breakups and divorce or maybe bad businesses or whatever it may be, um, those are the moments that you, you can reflect, take those, take the time to invest in yourself for, and grow and progress and understand yourself and do personal development. So, um, yes, they all suck. So, but the most growth comes from the most uh, painful situations. Absolutely. Hold on. I lost you for a second. There you are. Um, what was your lowest point in your life? My lowest point? That's not part of my questions. I just, um, I just thought about that right now. Um, I don't know if I've had any like really, really low points. I've had some really low points, but I can't think of like one that like stands out like significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, probably after breakups, like yeah. um, growing up with a father that was <clears throat> in the special forces, I was always told like loyalty is super important. I got a bunch of tattoos that uh, signify that and relate to loyalty and stuff like that on my body. So um, when I got cheated on, um, it was very difficult because Um, I couldn't comprehend why someone would cheat on me, even though like I was always there, I was trying to meet their needs. I was doing as best I could to clearly communicate. Um, So not having uh, the closure, I suppose, after a really bad breakup and like couldn't figure out like why I was cheated on and why somebody would do that to me because I never gave them a reason to. Mm. Um, Like I could understand if I was a shitty boyfriend and they cheated on me. I was like, oh, well, I'm a shitty boyfriend. That's why they cheated on me. But um, I wasn't. So that was probably the, the most... It wasn't crazy low, but I was really upset and confused and I couldn't figure it out. So that was a very difficult time in my life. I, did you say that you recently went through a breakup? Um, yeah, I guess so, but not like a bad one. Like oh. I was seeing a girl like uh, probably like seven months ago. And uh, again, she, she loved her ex and like, I actually helped her uh, get back with her ex and uh Ultimately, her heart didn't belong to me, so we split up very amicably. And um, but yeah, it wasn't like crazy difficult or anything oh. like that. Oh, so you're a you're a a lover. You're you. Uh, what's what's your sign? Uh, Virgo, I think Virgo? September. Yeah, Virgo. Yeah. Oh, I don't know much about Virgos. Um, okay. That's very interesting. Okay, you have a you have a huge huge heart. All right, my. Yeah second one what is the best and most important advice you can tell our younger generation oh uh don't believe everything you see on social media <laughs> no. uh that's a big one. Thing, Oh, it is like um 
I don't know, best and worst advice. Um, just go after whatever makes you happy. And uh, young, especially if you're young, you can fuck up for a long time and still learn a lot about yourself. So people are so worried about like, uh, like doing the right thing and, and always being perfect and having the right game plan. Like, no, life is a fucking hot mess of, of failures and successes mm -hmm. and wins and uh, difficult times. And like, don't be afraid to fail. So um, yeah, I would say like, especially if you're young, you can fuck up for a long time and you'll still be okay. You'll still be <laughs> successful. So take it from me. I fucked up a lot in my life. Um, yeah. So that just go after whatever makes you happy. Don't be afraid to go all in on things and yeah, go after what you, whatever you want in life. Yeah. And don't care what people think. Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> all right. What legacy do you want to leave here before it is your time? Uh, probably just, I just want to add as much value as possible. And whether that be through laughter or good times or, or, or being there for people and supporting them and their successes and their happiness and growth. Um, I don't need people to remember what my name is when I'm gone. I just want a few select people to be like, yeah, Colin was a good guy. So that's all that matters to me. I want to leave mm -hmm. something for, if I do have kids, I can pass down to them. I want to have a successful businesses to ultimately give back. And yeah, like I remember being at a funeral and uh, I was like, it was super sad. It was just like all these super sad stories. And I was like, so I like, I told my brother, I was like, when I die, I'm like, I want nobody to like be sad. I'm like, you guys are only to tell super fun stories, funny stories. And then everybody gets drunk and dances and have us a good time. So <laughs> I don't ever want like people being like, oh, it's sad. This happened. That No, I just want to be remembered for the good times and the good things. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, where can everyone find you? Uh, on social media, I am Colin Joseph underscore Maine. So that's how they can find me. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Colin. I really appreciate having Absolutely. you on. Thank you very uh, much, Kayla. It's been a pleasure. Right.